I didn't have time to research, write, record, and edit an episode for you all this week. The reason why? I am in the midst of something called Maytember, which is like September, except in September, everything is starting. And in May, everything is ending. So I like to call it Mayageddon. If you haven't heard these terms, let me briefly explain them to you. It is where every single member of your family has an event on the same night at the same time every night of the week. (laughs) Woof. Okay, it ain't that bad. But for reals, I have never experienced anything like this before. I think it's because the world is officially open for business after a pandemic and schools are like, let's celebrate everything all at once. Woohoo. End of the year. And my youngest was only in kindergarten when schools shut down in 2020, so her little schedule didn't turn beastly until this year. Plus, it was my own stupid idea back in, oh geez, what year was that? Why am I blanking out? (laughs) 15 years ago. So, oh yeah, 2008. In 2008, we decided to get married in May. Mm, I had no idea how that was going to play out. Now, May is my favorite month, and I'm trying to do the best to embrace this season because I know this will not last forever, and I'm already feeling it. So we smile We light our hair on fire. We step out the door for the next event. So yeah, I just couldn't pull something together. However, I decided to do something a little different. When I'm researching an episode, I usually spend a lot of time on newspapers.com and Genealogy Bank looking for old articles. And sometimes I come across a headline that makes me think, what the f***? I don't have time to go down those rabbit holes, so I clip these articles and save them for a rainy day or for May again. I invited one of my favorite people in the whole world to join me as she guesses what the story is about just from the headlines, and then I read a short article about the actual story. Now, here's the deal, dear listeners. I'm not an expert at audio recording and production. The audio on this is a fail. I just didn't do it right. I'm too loud. My guest host is too quiet. But if you stick with it, this is kind of hilarious. And perhaps someday I'll be an expert and I'll be able to go back and fix this. But really, probably not. I do hope you enjoy this episode. Are you ready, dear listeners? Let's go. Welcome to Where They Stood. I'm your host, Holly Kaur, and my special guest today is Brittany. Oh, I forgot to ask. Should we say your last name? <laughs> I'm totally fine with saying Okay, your last name. Brittany Laidlaw. And uh, Brittany is one of my most hilarious friends, and so I thought oh, no. we would take... <laughs> <laughs> I thought we would take a break from all of my stories and all the research that I have to do. And when I'm doing research, sometimes I find these crazy ass headlines that make me go, what in the world? What happened to these people? And some most of the time, the story is very short. And so like, I don't have time to dig into it. But I thought I would give you the headline. 
and then you can tell me your thoughts on the headline or maybe, oh, this, I know this story. This story is going to be about this. The guy married a chicken, you know, just (laughs) stuff like that. And uh, we're just going to see what happens. We're just going to have fun. I don't make money on this podcast, so I'm not going to have anybody like pull their endorsements or anything. (laughs) We're good. We're good. So, Brittany, I'm going to tell you this first headline. And I'm going to give you a little bit of background, too. Okay. So this one, I actually just told you this headline just to warm you up. And we were like, screw this. Let's get this thing recording. So this is from May 5th, 1948. And it's from the Hazleton, Pennsylvania something. I don't know. Oh, the plain speaker. The plain speaker. This is the name of... I'm already lost. I love it. The newspaper. (laughs) The newspaper is called the plain speaker. Uh, Two-time boy eloper escapes from school. Ooh, now you said that with a different intonation. Oh, okay. All right. The first time I heard that headline, it was two-time boy and in my head, comma... Oh, <laughs> right. Punctuation is key. Two-time boy. Did he go like, away from being a boy and come back to it? Second-time boy. Second-time boy. No, this is one-time boy alive. Two-time boy eloper. That makes a difference. Okay. Escapes from school. Now, did eloping mean what it means today back in 1948? I would think so. Did he elope? He escaped from school, so this is a young lad. Young lad. Two-time boy eloper. <laughs> Did he marry himself? No, apparently not. I, I read the story. It's really short. Um, he definitely eloped twice. Got married twice, he, but eloped. While in school? Yeah. Oh, right, because we can have girl brides and child brides. You Why not it. have a boy, Two-time boy, boy eloper. Yep. Yeah. Boy grooms. Boy grooms. Just running away from school to go get married real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's good. This is from Los Angeles. This came across the Associated Press. So this is why the Pennsylvania is now running a story, because they were probably saw that and they were like, what the F is this? We got to run the story. So here it is. Ellsworth, known as Sonny. Yeah. <laughs> Wise Carver. Ellsworth Ooh. Wise Carver, 19 who made headlines by eloping twice before he was 17, was sought today on a warrant calling for his arrest for escaping from a state industrial school. Oh. The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office broadcast a bulletin for Wise Carver's arrest at the request of the California Youth Authority. Wise Carver was sentenced... Okay, so he had to go to juvie, but he... (laughs) That's the good part. He was first put in there following his elopement with Mrs. Eleanor Devaney, mother of two. He previously had eloped at the age of 14 with Mrs. Elaine Monfredi, also mother of two. Huh. Their marriage was later annulled. I wonder if his mother's name started with an E. Oh, look at all these E's. And his name starts with an E. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Were these teachers? I wonder. Right? Yeah. At the juvie? Maybe. Because I think one of them got him sent to the juvie. So, I don't know. Eleanor and Elaine. Yeah. Tisk tisk. Oh, Ellsworth. Okay. (laughs) Oh, 
Wise Carver. That's a good name. Yeah, Wise Carver. But you know what? That's just the problem with when I find these articles. I don't have time to go back and look and see what the rest of the story is. What happened to this boy? Like, what happened to the rest of his life? Now, did he try to stepfather these children for a couple of years? (laughs) Were they older than him, though? (laughs) I'm sorry, but you stayed out late and you may not go out this evening. Dude, I'm 20 years older than you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. And actually, I might look into him and see what happened in his life. I feel like that's a I, follow-up. I'd, I'd love to know more about Ellsworth. Okay. Sonny. 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 All right. Uh, let's see. Mike cancels Wake, argues he's alive. Is the Wake for Mike? Yes. It appears nice. so. <laughs> no last name? Um, it just says Mike cancels Wake, argues he's alive. You this guys is- know Mike. <laughs> <laughs> right, that guy. That guy. But also, just so you're not confused about which Mike, this Mike was the guy from 1916. The one Mike. The one Mike in 1916. Yes, yep. And this is actually Detroit Free Press. So, oh, but this one came from New York. So it's New York Mike. Okay. All right. <laughs> New York Mike cancels Wake, argues he's alive. What do you argues think? Argues because nobody believed him. Correct. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Had he not gotten enough sleep, he looked kind of because bedr- I, I will look dead sometimes. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, any any other takes on this article before oh, I, Mike? I don't know, Mike. Why did they think you were dead in the first place? Come on, Mike. And. Is there like some sort of, did they believe in, what are we, 1916? Yep. Are they, do they think that he's like possessed or something hmm. when he tries to tell them, no, I'm alive? I'll I'll give you, you know, like back then, and maybe even sometimes today, there's the art, there's the headline, and then there's like the little subheadline, Ooh, subheading. Yeah, yeah. So it says, meets his own body at door and disowns it. Oh. Higgins, the undertaker, vexed. So, so somebody, does, he's got a doppelganger that died. Okay. His body's misidentified, obviously. Okay. Yeah. 1916. Um, Or Higgins is vexed because he wanted Mike to oh. be dead. All right. Okay. So here is the little short article. Mike Addison. So that's the Mike. But isn't that funny that they're like, <laughs> Mike cancels Wake, not uh. Mr. Addison, you know? Mike Addison met his own body being carried in the front door. (laughs) Shoot. Um, Hold on. I have to silence my phone. That was like something I forgot to do, which I try not to do when my kids are in school. He met his own body. Met his own body being carried in the front door, dead as a tick today. (laughs) Mike looked at it and said it wasn't his. (laughs) Higgins, the undertaker, said he understood it was. Oh, guys, sorry, dude. That's you. I'm pretty sure this is you. Mike denied it. He had not. (laughs) He had not in the first place got his skull cracked. (laughs) Wait, here's how I know it's not me. Not because I'm me. Because that dude's skull is cracked. Wait, and moreover, he had gone to no Coney Island Hospital and died. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sorry, I didn't. 
Oh, no. <laughs> Just a little bit. Besides, he didn't have time to talk about it anymore because he had to go and tell his daughter to cancel invitations to the wake. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to fight with you. I have to cancel a wake. Higgins went away grumbling. <laughs> oh, Higgins. Higgins was pissed. Higgins thought he... Yeah. He... Maybe he's like, maybe his mistress was Mike's wife. Oh, yeah. You're okay. Okay. All right. Man, that, I thought that was I had a good him one. Out of the way. <laughs> All oh. right. Here's another one. Gets five years for stealing foul. Is it F O W L? Is that like That's bird? full. Full. Bird? Foul. 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 Yeah. Foul. Yeah. Because foal is a baby. Colt or a horse, which is a baby. Colt is a horse. Full. Uh, deer? Baby deer? Maybe? <laughs> No, I think that's, that's a, a fun. fun. That's a fun. That's my sister. Hmm. All right. Well, well somebody's going to know. You can. Okay. So can it's chickens. Know. I'll just tell you it's chickens. Right, so this right. person gets five years for stealing chickens and it made the news. The news comes from the Lansing State Journal, Kalamazoo. Okay. And this was April 15th, 1913. What do you think? I mean, five years for some chickens. Mm-hmm. These chickens were special. <laughs> It's not a. Aren't all chickens special? (laughs) Every chicken matters, okay? Um, They weren't laying golden eggs, I'm assuming. Mm. (laughs) All right, I'm going to give you the sub little headline Kalamazoo offender placed where he cannot yield to temptation. Oh, is this. I don't know. I don't. Well, I got to keep it PG 13, so. (laughs) What is he doing with the chickens? He just love those chickens. Oh, no. All right, let's find out. Um, John Arnold, who claims that the sight of chicken, sorry, let me back up, the sight of a chicken drives him frantic <clears throat> and that he just cannot resist the temptation to make the fowl his very own. Oh, wow. Yesterday afternoon was given a sentence of two to five years in Jackson. Arnold has served 60 days in the county jail in 22 months at Ionia for chicken stealing. But a cure has not been effective. <laughs> wow. Frantic. He gets frantic. Oh, my gosh. Wait, what was his, this guy's name? Um, this guy is John Arnold. John Arnold. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> what year was it? 1913. I hope he's gone. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's gone. I mean, he probably served the rest of his life because chickens are everywhere, right? I mean, Back then, I think you could just have chickens. Yeah, there were no city ordinances keeping right. me from having a chicken which i love okay ready for another one hold on oh no we're still processing do you think that there's a cure now (laughs) (laughs) if there's a listener who's actually listening to this and you know the answer to her question can you please let us know yeah is there a cure for chicken thievery chicken foul foreplay no no (laughs) did i did i mean to say foreplay I don't know. Foul play. Foul, foul play. play. That's right. It's I might edit that one out. Foul play. <laughs> Which leads back to what you were going with earlier. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to mess with the volumes on, the oh, levels oh, on. Yeah, we do get. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> okay, here's the next one. Lash meted out to Ohio youth. Ray Wiggins given 21 strokes for biting off ear of his mother-in-law. Well, this one feels pretty straightforward. <laughs> Did the the law administer the lashes? 
That was like so. a viable punishment in what year? Okay, yeah, I forgot to tell you that. This is, um, it looks like New Lexington. Oh, this might be uh, Canada. Oh, Well, it could be Ohio, because there's just an O. But the Lansing State Journal ran this story July 21st, 1927. So in 1927, yeah, officers could administer lashes. Yes. Now I I I was stuck on that. He bit the ear off of his biting ear off of his mother-in-law. Mother-in-law. So this is potentially an adult person being potentially. Lashed. We're gonna find yeah, out. Right. <laughs> it might be. Oh, if his name was what was it? Wiggins? Oh my gosh, Wiggins. But if it had been Sunny. Whatever that guy's name Wise is, Carver. Wise Carver. It might have been him. Might have been a might have been a teen who just needed to. Right. So here it is. It says, "Oh, they're even calling it primitive. Primitive punishment was meted, m e t e d, out by authorities at the mining town of San Toy, Perry County, Tuesday." This just sounds Canadian. <laughs> when Ray Wiggins was given 21 lashes at the whipping post. Wow. For biting off the ear of his mother-in-law, Mrs. Amanda Taylor. The sentence pronounced in mayor's court upon recommendation of an infuriated crowd. Oh. Was declared legal. I was wrong. Under Ohio laws by persecute. Prosecuting attorney J.W. Dugan of Perry County, who said such punishment was legal if both parties agreed to it. So he agreed to it? Uh-huh. I mean, they got the whole town involved mm-hmm. and said, jail ain't gonna do it. <laughs> you need to whip this dude. Mm. Sorry, I had coffee in my mouth. Okay. Well, the mayor got involved. And he told Wiggins he would destroy the affidavit charging him with maiming and disfiguring another person if Wiggins would agree to the will of the crowd, which was surrounding the mayor's office. Whoa, man. Like, they were pissed. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. Wiggins agreed, and after receiving 21 lashes on his back, was given 15 minutes to leave town. Oh, dang. And exiled. Yeah. And he he was exiled (laughs) from Ohio. (laughs) I feel like this also might need a follow up. Yeah. Some of these, ha- what happened to you afterward? Yeah. Where, where did you go? Where did and you did go? Did they accept you? Right. Did, and they- did you ever bite anybody else's right. ear off? Why is ear biting a thing? I, it, I well, didn't, is it? I Mike didn't know. Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield. Um, okay. But that, I mean, that kind of makes sense. They're in a boxing match. Yeah. Really I don't needed. know. Maybe he was boxing with his mother in law. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about this one? Acid throwing bride released. Ooh. This was Ooh. Hollywood, California. Oh, wait. Maybe it's a different kind of acid than I was thinking. Oh, was no. it like party favorite? Well, hold on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> was it a weapon? <laughs> March 3rd, 1925. And the Detroit Free Press ran it, but it happened in Hollywood, California. Acid throwing bride? I mean, was she. I think she was, was throwing she like, acid and not dropping it, throwing it. Waiting for the right moment. She's like, maybe this was a plot. Oh, like, was she getting married and she yeah. threw it? Yeah. Oh. Like, was it during the ceremony? Like, Does anyone right? object to this? And she just... I forking do. Blast some acid okay. right in dude's face. Here it goes. Mrs. Bernice L. Day, acid known as the acid-throwing bride. Oh, shoot. <laughs> 
was released on $5,000 bond when arraigned in Beverly Hills Police Court today and her preliminary hearing set for March 16th. The girl is accused of throwing acid in the face of her estranged husband. Okay. okay Darby Day Jr., okay. son of a Chicago millionaire oh. during a domestic fracas. You know what? Good for you, acid-throwing bride. <laughs> Do not stand for domestic fracases. That's right. I love, I love, love, love the words they used back then. Yes. I just... Except for metted. That one can stay Meted. in the past. Yeah, goodbye, metted. <laughs> goodbye. Um, okay. <laughs> How about this one? All right. Plans to give wife to rival are foiled. This one's a little hmm. bit longer. Ooh. This happened in 1925, and it happened in Chicago. Um, I wonder if this wife was a bit of a handful. Maybe, perhaps. Maybe like a gold digger. Okay. Uh, maybe. Um, here it says. <laughs> I forgot to read you the, the second part. Other woman. Let's back up. Plans to give wife to rival are foiled. Other woman refuses to get divorced and ties up the state of her husband. Did they want to do a wife swap? I think so. Oh. I think so. It says, um, this is kind of long, so I'm trying to... But but between rivals? Like, was yeah. it a competition wife swap? Like, you know what? You take... My wife's unbearable. No, my wife's unbearable. Oh, maybe. Maybe. It says, <laughs> the two men, doesn't matter what their names are, Whiting and Tomkinson... And the latter's wife, Mrs. Peggy Tomkinson, were at breakfast in the Tomkinson home. So they're having breakfast and continued on page two. <laughs> so, oh dear, now I got to find it. Well, that's terrible. Um, so I think that they had hatched this plan. Is this page two? Nope, I went too far. They had hatched this plan and thought, eh, my wife's going to go for it. And she damn well did not go for it. Um where did it go? Well, one of them was on board. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like maybe one was on board. Okay, so here it is. I found it. Um, shattered the husband's serenity by this remark. Oh. Dick, I love your wife. I want to marry her. <laughs> Tomkinson's first impulse, he said, when he heard this confession, was to throw Whiting out of the house. But Whiting continued, you and your wife have been friends, not lovers, for a long time. So the plans become scrambled. Tompkinson's resentment collapsed. There was an appealing look in his wife's eye. Oh. And the breakfast continued as they planned for rearrangement of families. One, Just a little rearranging. <laughs> one stipulation was that Paulette, Whiting's wife, should get a divorce. She had been threatening to sue. Unfortunately for the entire plan, she did not secure a divorce. Instead, she began suit for separate maintenance last week, and the New Year divorce breakfast plans became a sadly scrambled affair. <laughs> I love how much scrambled. compassion this author has for the what husbands, I guess. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Mrs. Whiting accuses her husband of intoxication. Oh, that's a new clue. The excessive mm. use of drugs mm. and quite too much fondness for Jane Doe, otherwise Mrs. Marjorie Tomkinson. Oh, okay. So she was going to try to protect her identity by saying Jane Doe, and the newspaper person was like, nope. Nope. Here she is. <laughs> Both Mr. and Mrs. Whiting have been married before. Mrs. Whiting has one daughter by a former marriage. Mrs. Adele Whiting, first wife of Whiting, has custody of their children. I don't know why that made a difference. So... 
Okay. Um, I really like how the guy who's asking for for his friend's wife yeah. is like, listen, y'all have been friends and not lovers for some time. <laughs> well, how, why do you know that? <laughs> and also, ice cold, man. <laughs> he almost got away with it, though. He almost got away with it if it wasn't for that. Why? Because the other wife was like, no, hard no. stop. Okay. Okay. No, give me my money. Separate, what was it called? Separate um, maintenance. Yeah. They use that word Listen, a lot. I'm going to live apart from you, but I will not divorce you because you will keep paying my rent. Yeah, I like that. All right. So this one says Papa to be, Sue's to see, what'll be. Oh, this is a paternity test. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like the, it sounds so cute. Well, That's you're going to know, you're going to know what's up. This is. July 7th, 1957, Detroit Free Press, but this happened in Rochester, New York. And the other thing, uh, the subtitle is, It's My Right. So Papa to be sues to see what'll be. So who's he suing? The mom. The mom to see the baby. Oh, because she's trying to keep him. I don't know. Keep the That's baby just, from the dad. I don't know. What was your thought? I mean, I just thought it was like, he's not sure if it's his baby. Oh, Okay. Sue's to see what will be, but I guess that could Papa be. Papa to be, Sue's to see what'll be. <laughs> it's my right. Right. So, not in 1957 for this. So, this is lawyer Thomas W. O'Connell, and he's suing Highland Hospital. Oh. Are at loggerheads over the treatment of expectant fathers. They're at loggerheads. That's, what is that? That uh, means you're having a disagreement. Just remember that. Oh, okay. They're at loggerheads. Okay. I don't know, like when logs come to yeah, a head and you like, can't get them to move. All right. You know, right. this Obviously. happened to you yesterday. Okay. <laughs> O'Connell wants to be in the delivery room with when his wife gives birth shortly to their next child. The hospital says, hey, oh, no. The lawyer, a stubborn man... <laughs> Has filed Wait suit. Wait a minute. This is second child, so I wonder if he was in the delivery room the first we're time gonna, and, and got... We're going to find out. Okay. So the lawyer, a stubborn man, has filed suit in state Supreme Court to change the hospital's mind. Dr. Donald, who cares, says the hospital has a great many reasons for refusing to let husbands witness births. Oh, husbands in general, not him in particular. Correct. They are very often in the way, get emotionally disturbed, and <laughs> interfere with the doctors, he believes. O'Connell insists that he has the inherent nature, nope, the inherent natural and moral right to be a witness to any treatment or service rendered to immediate members of his family. And he says he, he owns his property. And he says he possesses the right under law to know of his own knowledge, the specific services or treatments rendered to my wife. The hospital was more lenient when the O'Connell's younger child, Anne, who's two, was two, was delivered in 1955. O'Connell had his way and was furnished with a clean white uniform and mask. But for the delivery of an older son in another Rochester hospital, he paced the waiting room like other fathers. So this could have been like the start of a movement mm -hmm. of allowing fathers into delivery rooms. He's a trailblazer. Yeah. Yep. I, guess. I mean, 50s fathers probably did get in the way. <laughs> tell me, I know about tell me how they're different fathers. than our husbands and the delivery well room. i mean I, well my husband was like 
he trained with a doula before I gave birth so that he would know how to be a good birthing partner. Okay. He read a, he, he has a book on his shelf called birthing partner. Like really? Yeah. And he read it. Well, no, oh, but he, he had did it. look, he looked at a few pages. I'm certain of it. <laughs> yeah. We, we did the natural for the first kid. It was the natural child birthing class at mm-hmm. green tree. Was that little tree green tree? Oh uh, Yeah. We did that class for the first kid, and then um, then the second one, everything just flew out the window. So did you give birth with a doula? Is this something we can even talk in a, talk about? Or were you yeah. in a hospital? Yeah, I was in the hospital, but my doula was there. Oh. And she was fantastic. Gotcha. I, I mean, as soon as she came in, like, a calm came over the room, and she, like, reminded me of all the things that I should have been already reminded of maybe if my husband had read the book. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he did just get in the way. <laughs> All right. Let's see. I think we have time for a couple more, if I can even find them. Well, actually, I found one this morning, and it's on my phone. Okay, so here's the headline. Police, DUI suspect in Colorado tried to switch seats with his dog when pulled over. Nice! The dog was driving, not me! Or was the dog driving in the first place? I was so drunk. (laughs) My dog started to drive. Listen, I was being responsible, officer. Right. Let me give you the date. This This happened in Colorado, May 15th, 2023. Oh yeah! So the dipshittery has still there's still stuff oh, going it's on. Still happening. It's not old. Did you always think it was a, impaired or drunk. It says it appears a man suspected of DUI in Colorado was trying okay. to get out of the charges by putting his dog behind the wheel of the car he was driving. <laughs> Colorado, this does not look good for you. You are one of the like legalized states. You you are not. That's not. You don't want people doing this by okay. the According to police, the suspect was pulled over in the Springfield area at about 11.30 p.m. Saturday. He was reportedly driving 52 in a 30-mile-per-hour zone with his dog in the car. Come on, buddy. The driver attempted to switch places with his dog, who was in the passenger seat, (laughs) as the officer approached and watched the entire process. Love it. The mail party then exited the passenger side of the vehicle and claimed he was not driving. <laughs> <laughs> the mail part no, the mail party showed clear signs of intoxication and when asked about his alcohol consumption, the mail party ran from the officer. Wow. <laughs> the mail. Why can't you just say the mail? Why do why is this a mail party? party? There's one person. <laughs> Isn't a party more than one person? Okay, the mail party was apprehended quickly. <laughs> and yeah, so he, he was a crappy say. runner, too. <laughs> All right. Uh, police said the suspect, who wasn't identified in the Facebook post, had two active warrants. The dog was brought in for testing as well. I'm joking. They did not, uh, <laughs> they did not give the dog a breathalyzer. <laughs> because, I mean, maybe if the dog was sober, this guy would not get yeah. in trouble, right? Yeah. Designated driver. Responsible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me see. I I feel like the I... officers just standing there watching. <laughs> Guys, like, I mean, come on, Fido, come come on, do it for me. I'll give you a, I'll give you a treat when you go. Come on, you got to take this one for me. I've got two priors. <laughs> They're not gonna send you to the plank. <laughs> 
And the dog's like, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Let's see. Nature catches up with Nanny Doss. And there is no sub headline. And this is June 3rd, 1965, Oklahoma City. I mean, Nanny Doss, that's somebody's name. Uh, I, and is she a nanny? Or is that her name? I think it's like she's older. Okay. Oh. So nature. I don't know. Nature catches up with her. She's been she's been running from nature, and it caught her. Yeah. Wait. Uh, ooh. I wonder if um, in the sixties, this is the beginning of plastic surgery, right? Oh, okay. Maybe she's like getting some experimental treatments, trying to yeah. keep herself young looking. Okay. Uh, but you know, the science wasn't there yet. <laughs> <laughs> so nature catches up, and things start dropping and dripping. <laughs> Her face is melting (laughs) off. Oh, dear nanny. Dear nanny. No, that is actually not at all what happened. (laughs) This this article is by Mary Goddard. Nature's own slow poison caught up Wednesday with Mrs. Nanny Doss, the plump, cheery, lonely hearts artist who dispatched at least four men with arsenic and rat eradicator. Not poison. Rat eradicator. Yeah. I see why we changed to poison. I yes. mean, it's so much easier to say than rat eradicator. Eradicator. Erat. <laughs> say it with me. Rat eradicator. <laughs> it's just a lot like arsenic eradicator. Arsenic well, eradicator. Wait, no, you wait, wouldn't no. be. No, arsenic you're arsenic rat eradicator. Well, right, but right because the eradicator is to get rid of the rat, yeah. but arsenic's just going to do it. Yeah. So okay, grandma. Doss, 60, died of leukemia in University Hospital. She had entered the Oklahoma State Penitentiary exactly 10 years ago to serve a life sentence for the poison death of her, I thought it said filthy, but it says her fifth husband. (laughs) So she killed her fifth husband. Oh, she only killed one of them? No, she killed five. Okay. Nice. Right. I'd love to hear of a lady serial killer. (laughs) I know. This one might get a story from me. Uh, So wait a minute. Am I wrong here? It says that she killed at least four men. So, oh, maybe she just only, so she got a life sentence for killing her fifth husband. But we assume she's killed other husbands before. Yeah. So he was an Oklahoma highway worker, Sam Doss. Her death wrote Finney. Isn't that how you say that in French? Mm. Fini, F-I-N-I-S. Fini. Oh, I have no okay. idea. <laughs> right. Here I am. Three years of French. I think it's Fini. To one of the most bizarre criminal cases in Oklahoma history. Mrs. Doss confessed to poisoning four husbands and was suspected of murdering 14 people. Dang. Including her own mother. No fictional detective tale could rival the horror and grisly humor emerging in the Doss investigation. Every time Nanny spoke, I didn't feed that stuff to any of my blood kin. <laughs> he sure did love them prunes. Oh, she <laughs> dosed the prunes? <laughs> she added fuel to the legend. The motherly, gum-chewing, southern woman had worked quietly in the prison laundry since her commitment. She was stricken with chronic leukemia about two years ago. Mrs. Doss had claimed she suffered a heart attack in August 1962, but the doctors could find no evidence of heart trouble. 
So then after entering university hospitals, she told physicians she had been advised to stop participating in prison research projects because of an unduly high white blood cell count. So they were... Ooh, they were testing prisoners? Oh. Interesting. The body was consigned to Cheney Funeral Home of McAllister, where a spokesman declined to discuss arrangements. Now, wait a minute. What? I mean, this is pretty beautiful. She killed with rat poison and then became a lab rat, and it killed her. Brittany. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's that's good. I mean, okay. I'm a little concerned about the prison system in a lot of ways, but um, <laughs> this is- for her, well done. You go. Well done. You go. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so they declined to discuss. The funeral home declined to discuss arrangements until noon tomorrow. The family doesn't want all the publicity in the world, he said. Oh, you're going to get it. Sorry. Yeah, that's too damn bad. Um, it's 2023. We, we're allowed to now. We're still, we're still pumped about it, okay? <laughs> because we just found out and we need more. So only known survivor is Mrs. Melvina Leonard of wherever. Oh, and then it continued. I feel like yeah, that needs... She deserves an episode. That's, that's going to be a follow-up. All right, let's see. This is this was one of the first ones I found, and I was like, what the absolute crap is this? <laughs> and I'm going to find more, and I'm going to bring you back on. Yes. So I hope you're enjoying yourself. Chicago-bred girl can't stand farm, even for 10 grand. This is from Illinois, November 26, 1916, and they ran it in the Detroit Free Press. Chicago-bred girl can't stand farm, even for 10 grand. A big city girl moves get does she get like bought or whatever you know how they do some some farmer wanted to marry this big city girl kind of uh and brought her to the farm and she just can't hack it kind of so it says mary smith a poor chicago girl oh she's poor chicago girl who was adopted by james pankhurst a wealthy farmer and his wife August 13th, 1915, with the understanding she was to remain single and act as a companion to the aged couple and receive 10 grand upon mm. their death, she peaced mm. out. Yeah. I mean, good for you, because that did not sound right. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, you're Why a girl? You'll just, you'll just do whatever. Yeah. Come on out. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. allowed to date. I feel like this. Ha- yeah. I, f- I feel like this happened. Probably more often back then. Yeah. Like, if they didn't have kids, then they wouldn't have a son to help with the stuff outside. They wouldn't have the daughter to help inside. But, yeah. So, she returned to Chicago. Whatever. So, chickens and pigs are nice in their way, she said tonight. But they are not so nice as the city. Why, I've never had a young man call her here. Not that I'm crazy for young men, but I do like to meet them. They are interesting. Mary, oh, so she didn't have the chicken thieving disease? No. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Smith was selected by Pankhurst and his wife. Uh-oh. Um, from many applica- applicants who responded to their published appeal, their attempt to make over a city-bred girl into one content to spend her days in the country, country gained much publicity at the time. So she asked for it. <laughs> the bachelor situation where oh, you didn't more. realize what you were signing up for. You're just like, yeah, sure. Sounds great. Right, get me off these streets. 
Okay, uh, yeah, because she was poor. Turns out, no, it smells terrible out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so pigs, what did she say? Pigs are nice, yeah, but I like men great, better. <laughs> but uh, where are the gentlemen callers? <laughs> Not that I have any, but I wouldn't mind. I would like to meet some men. <laughs> oh, no, my whole computer shut down. Oh, oh no. That's too bad. Um, well, I had one more for you, and I can kind of remember it, but I would really love to read it. I can't believe that I did. <laughs> I went to all the trouble of getting this is me though okay <laughs> we all know this like to get yeah. my computer get the thing and then never plug it in it i never even to the laptop it was side. plugged into the laptop <laughs> side that's like okay one time my youngest um she was just having a fit because her she had like a power strip and it wasn't charging her switch mm-hmm. well because she hadn't plugged it into the wall mm-hmm. she took the plug and plugged it back into the power strip <laughs> oh, right. So there, so I mean, it's like it's, this thing right here. It, yeah, just plug it here was itself. just plugged it's into just, itself instead of into the wall. Aw. I know we have to learn sometimes the hard mm-hmm. way. All right, here is the last one. Talk you know, amongst yourself. Was a lot of, wait, what, what, you yeah, um, I lost it already. But, but ten she had grand until they died for the ten grand. Like, how old were they? I don't know. Well, they're wealthy. You live longer when you're wealthy. And she was, I don't know, like she, 10 grand was a lot. And she wasn't seeing anybody. Like she wasn't dating anybody. So but if like, if she, in, I mean, in her mind, I put in 10 good years and they're still alive. Like I'm done, man. <laughs> <laughs> Enough. Give me at least one grand now. All right. Here's the last one. Woman bites off part of boyfriend's tongue. Oh, <laughs> is there a subtitle or a subheading? It's just a little Reader's Digest thing. It's like so small. And let me just blow your mind a little bit Wait, more. Was it? Was it a? Did she think it was fun? <laughs> like, like I'm gonna, a little love bite. I don't. <laughs> hold on. I'll tell you. Woman faces assault charge and biting. So he did not think it was fun. And hold on, even more. This is January seventeenth. 1986 in Harrison, Michigan. Okay. So I'm born. Fat right. little six month old baby. <laughs> okay. Just a few miles away. And somebody you, somewhere. A few I miles don't, away. I don't know where Harrison uh, is. Harrison. <laughs> it's like where the Jansons moved. Like, All uh, right. A couple hours away. Uh, Just past Mount Pleasant. Look at me name dropping people. Barely an Sorry. hour away. <laughs> Okay, so let me just read it to you one more time. You, you gate, or did you tell me what you think this well, is about? Well, I mean, it's either that she thought it was like fun and cute, <laughs> like you know, a little love bite can be fun and cute. But if you did if that, you, if you get a did a chunk out of somebody's <laughs> tongue, but would your <laughs> okay? Yeah, but are you? <laughs> so angry about it that you press charges let's see that's what i'm like yeah no i mean or did he maybe it was like around first... on her oh, and okay. she's like oh <laughs> i know okay so I let oh my do. gosh this is crazy so here we go a midland county woman faces two assault charges after she allegedly bit off part of her 20 year old boyfriend's tongue as they kissed authorities say "Ooh, her name's in here Trina M. Rowland, 23, of Greenwood Township, faces a preliminary examination January 24th, blah, blah, blah. 
on charges of aggravated assault and, sorry, and assault with intent to maim. She was released from the Clare County Jail after posting 10% of a $5,000 bond, sheriff's deputy person says, blah, blah, blah. Her boyfriend, Scott Davis of Harrison, lost about an inch of his tongue when Roland allegedly bit it off. Davis was taken to Clare Community Hospital, where attempts to reattach the tongue were unsuccessful. Mm, So, okay. Sorry about it, Scott. (laughs) Also, buddy, like, what? 1986? How old? So they're like 23? Okay, are they... So in 86, I mean, now he's... Can you do math? Uh, So, okay... Well, she's 23 I just it 38 and that today was, so 39. happy birthday okay so he's 69 he's he's an old so dude he's now. an old dude now and he had to live his he whole life if a, he's a half tongue i wonder half, if it affected his speech yeah oh. i wonder if they broke up also we don't get a reason uh, no nope. I, I it's one of those things where i'm like oh. oh my gosh that's crazy i have to like you know i get these from newspapers.com and i'm like oh i've mm-hmm. got to save this clipping but then i don't have time to go back and do the research for it but this one i thought to myself i might need to find out what happened to these yeah. people so trina why trina what's going on with you girl yeah it's kind of gross <laughs> I just yeah like i i mean i don't want to think about it but like just the blood I oh imagine, gosh and, and you're, it's like oh like okay up your mouth, you know what I yeah mean? Like, what a horrible have you ever Bitten your tongue so yeah. hard. Yeah. Okay. Words. Yeah. Well, I, when I was in, I, I think it was fourth or fifth grade, you know those monkey bars, but they're like a half moon. Mm-hmm. And my best friend, weirdly enough, was swinging from her legs, you know, like mm-hmm. upside down, swinging like this. And I just walked behind her and she hit me <laughs> and I bit my tongue really bad. And there was like blood all over the snow. And mm-hmm. I don't. It stayed intact. Mm-hmm. See, check it out. And I'm. You're right. Like the amount of blood. Yeah. Oh. Right. And also, hold on. Like she was pissed at him. Like there's just absolutely, but it's not a, through. Yeah, and but yet she's gonna kiss him. Well, right. Which is why I think it's infidelity because, like, um, ah. that level of intimacy and pulling him in and like. I don't know. I feel like it's more vindictive yeah. that way. Yeah. Because you've got to engage in the kissing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to then get his you- tongue out of his mouth. Oh, God. <laughs> you know? I mean, <laughs> this is not a, a good night peck. <laughs> <laughs> and then to not let go. Could you imagine oh, him, like, hitting yeah, her? Right, right. Like, because tongues I mean, are chewy. Be, I mean, fast. And your teeth must be sharp. Oh. Like, <laughs> oh. Okay, I think we've overanalyzed that one to death. (sighs) (laughs) So, anyways, all right. Well, Brittany, I wanted to thank you so much for coming into my studio, which is also my 13-year-old son's bedroom. It's a lovely studio. (laughs) And um, we'll see what happens with this episode. And if I can find some more headlines, I'll have you back. I I would be happy to dissect some (laughs) ridiculous headlines. Tongues. Foul. Oh my gosh, we did cover Foul a lot. Foul play. Foul play. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, if you enjoyed this, let me know. If you didn't, just hold your tongue. Hey! Bite your tongue. <laughs>
<laughs> but please, please come back for additional episodes of Where They Stood. Thank you.